Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. And if you want to learn how to invest in your relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with our good friend, Travis Chapel. Welcome back to the show. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know. If you agree, then keep on listening for tips on how to cultivate meaningful connections the right way. If you disagree, then tune in anyway to let me prove you wrong with my journey. My name is Travis Chapel, and this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Today's episode is one that I'm super stoked for. This guy I've been following since the very beginning of my journey. Him and a couple of other podcasts are ones that I've listened to from the very, very start of when I started listening to podcasts and jumping into personal development. And so it was great finally being able to connect with him. Tim is Brandon Turner. He is an active real estate investor and co-host of the Bigger Pockets Podcast, the most popular real estate podcast out there. Uh, He began buying rental properties and flipping houses at age 21 and discovered that he didn't need to work 40 years at a corporate job to have a good life. He's the author of several books, including the book on rental property investing and the ultimate beginner's guide to real estate investing, which we kind of get into on the show today. We talk about his transition moving to Hawaii, what he likes to do out there. We talk about how to get started with investing in real estate with no money. Yes, it is doable. No, it's not a scam. (laughs) How? And then we also talk Talk about how podcasting is a great tool to use to explode your network. So lots of great stuff in here. Plus, Brandon is just an all-around cool guy, and we had a fantastic conversation. Can't wait to share that with you. But before we do get into that, I'm happy to announce the beginning of my new mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. If you ever have heard me talk about masterminds on the show and you are at all interested in doing that, head over to buildyournetwork.com co slash dynasty to apply to be a part of this movement. It isn't just a mastermind. It is a dynasty. Trust me, you will not want to miss out on this opportunity. Head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to apply, and I will see you on the inside. And without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Brandon Turner. Brandon, welcome to the show, bro. Super, super stoked to have you. Why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us what you're most excited about right now? Wow. All right. That's a, that's a good opening question. It's nice to be here, by the way. Uh, what am I excited about? Man, I'm so excited about surfing right now. Like <laughs> right now. So I just, I just, I'm in process of moving to Hawaii. Like I'm here now. I got to go back and come back, but we're, we're here going to be moving full time forever to Hawaii, or at least as long as I can handle it. Right. So <laughs> I am excited about surfing. I went yesterday and the waves are incredible right now. There's some swell hitting the Hawaiian islands. It's 
fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not jealous <laughs> at all, bro. Not jealous at all. It's only like yeah. 95 degrees out here in the Vegas desert. So, mm, yeah. um, but it's whatever. And for those of you that can't see, I'm literally like looking at Brandon with the ocean <laughs> in the background. So yeah, it's a, it's a great conversation, but yeah. no, man, I, I'm super stoked to get you on this. We're talking a little bit before we hit the record button. We got a lot of stuff in common. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while now. I got in the podcasting journey, like, I don't know, two years ago now, as far as like when I started consuming podcasts. Started my podcast like a year, year and a half ago, but consuming podcasts for a couple of years. And you guys, John Lee Dumas, who's become a really big mentor of mine now, Jordan Harbinger, like those were probably the three I listened to from the very beginning that I still listen to now. Like I've you know, brought on some new shows and got rid of some old shows, but those three are still like the top three. So as my listeners know, I'm, I'm really big into a lot of real estate and uh, grew up in a real estate household. And uh, obviously, I kind of like this whole podcasting thing. So we're going have to have a good conversation. I want to talk a little bit about your story. I know real estate was a big part of your plan to like get away from the typical like 40-40-40 plan as far as like working 40 hours a week for 40 years and retiring on 40% of your income and stuff like that. So it was kind of your way out. Can you kind of talk about what what your childhood looked like as far as like, you know, was that the way that kind of your culture that you grew up in painted it? Like you got to go to school, you got to get a job, you got to have a 401k and all that kind of stuff. Can you kind of talk about what that looked like for you growing up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I grew up lower middle class. So my dad's a meat cutter. My mom did in-home daycare. So very much like you will go to college and that is a requirement because neither of my parents did. And then you'll get a good job and then you'll, you know, work the 40, 40. Yeah. And I remember, so when I got into the real world, right, I got through college, just had graduated college. And the entire time I was planning on going to law school. So, you know, that made my parents really happy because, you know, explaining that your son's a lawyer is a really cool thing and very easy to do. And I remember calling my dad. Well, I'll, I'll backtrack. So I remember I, around that time I bought a house. I lived in like one, I lived in the house, rented out to some roommates, and then eventually got married in this year. And I just fell in love with real estate. I started reading real estate books and I started fell in love with it. And so I called my dad and told him, I'm not going to go to law school anymore. I mean, I like was already like applying and everything. I'd taken the LSAT. I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go and be a real estate investor. And he said, <laughs> You're crazy. And how, like, how old were you at the time? 20, 21. Uh, <laughs> yes. 20 or 21. Yeah. I, I, he just said, you're nuts. And the, the words he used was, you're going to lose everything and go bankrupt. What are you going to do if tenants don't pay? Rent? And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't, I was like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't have any money. What am I thinking? Like, I'm crazy. Okay. I'll go back to law school or go do that. Luckily I got rescued out of that. Uh, actually, you know, bigger pockets. A lot of people think I started bigger pockets back in the day. I didn't, I came later. I was one of the early members though. So I remember typing into Google, what do I do if tenants don't pay rent? Cause I needed to say yeah. something to my dad. Right. Right. I found this little tiny forum at the time called bigger pockets. And that's when I first kind of got connected with the site. Wow. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that was the beginning, but yeah, still to today, my dad will say little things like, you know, you still could go back to law school or, you know, law school's still there. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, so dad. Funny, man. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. But <clears throat> they just can't comprehend very easily. Like, what is it I do? Like, right. Why do you talk into the internet? And why do you buy a bunch of nasty looking houses? Like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. Does that, do you make money with that? How, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you need a loan? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you paying your bills okay? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I, interesting enough though, my dad, they've come around quite a bit. My dad's even partnered with me on a couple of deals now and yeah. like I'm helping in their retirement. He just retired and he was able to retire a little early because he partnered with a deal that makes some good cash flow now every month. So awesome. I think he's coming around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's so funny, man. I, I literally same exact or similar story with, do you know Molly Bloom? No, I don't. Um, she's a friend of mine. She was been on the show and stuff, but she had, they made a movie about her life called Molly's Game. She was running like these high stakes poker games for like oh, wow. the celebrities and athletes and stuff. You should check out the movie. It's a it's a fantastic movie. And yeah, if you're listening right now and you haven't heard and you haven't watched the movie, it's fantastic. Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, and Kevin Costner oh, wow. and Aaron Sorkin directs it, and it's it's a fantastic movie. But I say that because her dad told her the same exact thing. Like, you should go be a lawyer, go be a lawyer. And that was the plan. And then she ended up doing this insane poker thing where she made a lot of money or whatever, but it was difficult to explain what it is. And then yeah. after she got out of it, her dad was like, so law school. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but still, your parents still have a plan for you, no yep. matter what you end up doing. But that's just them looking out for your best interest, I guess. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and, and jump back into the story there. So this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Coming into the whole real estate investing thing at 21, was this like taking a step out of, of school, out of college? Because you obviously were had, had to be in school in order to be applying to law school, right? Yep. So was it always like, hey, law school is the plan, law school is the plan, law school is the plan? Or was there something else that you were looking into? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really like I graduated college. And when I say I graduated, I went to like four different colleges and just kind of collected enough credits to eventually graduate from the college I ended up graduating from. I didn't even go to like graduation, but it was right then I graduated and bought a house at the same time. And that's when all this came. I was like, well, it's cheaper to buy a house than it was to rent there. Mm. And I could get a, like a basically a no money down loan at the time. And so I was like, well, instead of renting a place for a year while I you know save up for law school, I'll just you know, apply, do all that stuff and live in a house for a while for free because I can rent out the bedrooms. You know, today we call that house hacking where you like live in a house and rent out the other bedrooms or the other units if it's a multifamily. Back then it was just like, how do I live on this $8 an hour job? (laughs) I was looking at Cold Stone Creamery. You know, Cold Stone, the place like you go get ice cream. Yeah, you get to sing the tips, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still got all those memorized. Like, you know, (laughs) thank you for your dollar. Listen to us holler. Yeah, I mean like... Yes. Yeah, but I was like, like, eight bucks an hour trying to figure out how to survive. So I did the whole house hacking thing and yeah. found out that, wow, you could actually live for free. I actually ended up at one point earlier in my, my life, like in college, I had a four bedroom apartment and I rented out all four bedrooms to other people. And I just lived on the couch and I was living <laughs> for free then. So I was like really beginning, uh, I had no idea that that was going to foreshadow what was to come, but. Right, right. So coming in and finding bigger pockets online at the time, it was just a forum. Like, what what yeah. year was this? And then how did you get in contact with Josh and say, like, "Hey, bro, yeah, let me be a partner." <laughs> yeah, good, good question. So what happened was, so we let's see. So I found the site then. It was 2007, I think, when I found it. So the wow. site officially started, I believe, 2003. But at the time, I mean, I was member. I was in the first 10,000. We've got well over. I mean, a million, well over a million members now. So I was in the first 10,000. It was a forum and there were some articles on the site. They weren't even called blogs at the time. Like then they were just called articles. Yeah. That written. That's how I, I got there. So I started using BP the way that like I tell people to use it today. I mean, I was just networking, talking with people, building out my network, right? On the mm-hmm. site, which was, I didn't know that was called networking. I just thought it was, there was a forum. And if I asked a question, there were people who would answer my question for free. And it was the weirdest thing, right? <laughs> so like, I mean, a person could even go back and look at my old stuff. It was just crazy. I'm like, what is a house? You know, like I knew nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's not that bad, but I didn't know anything. So I started like just networking on this site in the forums, building relationships with people. And later on, as I used that to buy real estate, I started buying a deal here, a deal there, uh, ended up quitting my job. At that point, I'd moved from Cold Stone to like a bank teller position, basically. I was like the banker who opened checking accounts. Another horrible job. <laughs> so when I was 27 is when I quit that. This is now like six years later. I had enough properties at that point to quit my job. So I quit. I started... Uh, what, what kind right? of properties were you buying at the time? Yeah, sure. It was just mainly small multifamily. So okay. duplex here, a triplex there, about a fourplex. And then I bought a 24 unit is what kind of a tip the scale and let me quit my job and just kind of retire when yeah. I was 27. And I used air quotes for retire because when you own rental properties and you do it the way that I was doing it, 
Yeah. You're never relaxing on the beach, right? Of course, yeah. Uh, but the 24 unit actually was just, again, like just connecting with someone like networking, basically. So I was at church and there's this old couple there who I had known for years is like just the old couple at church, right? And I, I had read a book about real estate on apartment complexes and I mentioned to them, you know, someday I really want to buy an apartment complex. And I, because I read it on Saturday, Sunday morning, I tell this old couple that just in conversation and they looked at me funny and said, well, that's interesting we actually have an apartment complex we want to sell. And I ended up buying it from them. They carried the contract, which means I didn't have to get a loan. I just paid them. And I ended up at, yeah, 27 buying a 24 unit apartment complex or somewhere around there. So yeah, maybe I was 26 when I bought that. Quit my job at around then and kept managing my properties. And that's when I started, so to go back to the Josh thing, so that's when I started, I started writing just articles or blogs for bigger pockets. And that's how I got connected with Josh. I just emailed them several times and, you know, hey, and at the time it was just, I mean, Josh owned hundred percent of BP. He was all by himself in his basement in his boxers working, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we became friends through like Facebook friends, basically. Once I started writing for him and I hounded him enough to get a writing, a free writing volunteer job. All I was doing was writing for free. Yeah. Right. And there's a, there's a lesson in there. A lot of people want to get paid for everything that they do. But like, had I not just volunteered to write for, I mean, I probably did it for six months before being friends with him. And then that led to everything we were at today. Yeah. But I wrote for free for a long time and then became Facebook friends. And then he said, Hey, he brought on Facebook one day. I'm looking for someone to help me just organize blog posts. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And so that turned into starting the podcast with them and me getting more and more involved in BP and eventually becoming the VP of Bigger Pockets and kind of taking the leadership role there. And today kind of being the one of the faces of the company. Yeah. I love what you said there about the volunteering thing, man. It's so, it's such a crucial thing. I think people view it almost as like a step backwards and mm-hmm. they're not willing to do that. But, you know, a lot of times you got to take a step back to take two steps forward. And I think that there's so much credibility to that. It's exactly what I did when I started this show. Like, obviously, nowhere near what Bigger Pockets has been able to see at this point, but has taken an exponential route comparatively to what I've seen most people's podcasts have done with what I've done with my show. But the reason is that I got to know one of the like OG business podcasters, John Lee Dumas, and I volunteered my time to help him, to help make him money. Like He was looking for somebody to sell journals at an event. And I have a huge background in door-to-door sales. And my time in training sales reps is uh, very extensive. So I was just like, Hey, I'll do that. Like that was not something that paid me money. Like I didn't, the funny thing is, is I volunteered to do that at a mastermind at his house in Puerto Rico while I paid for that. So like yeah. I paid him money <laughs> to volunteer for him. Yep. Like it yep. wasn't just free, you know, but I think that that's the kind of stuff that people aren't willing to do. No, yeah, um, nobody yeah. is. And, and you, I think you have to, sometimes you have to do that because there's so many people out there that come to me. I mean, all the time, I'm sure it happens to you as well, right? Like they want to pick your brain or they want to learn from you or they want to whatever. And I'm sure John Lee Dumas gets the same thing. People are always bugging him. So how do you stand out from people? How do you prove you're legit and that you're willing to work hard? And just like no agenda, just like I want to serve you and show you that I'm the real thing. And whatever <laughs> comes later, we'll see. But like that, that's that hard, I think that drives a lot of success. But that's the key is what you just said that last part is that whatever comes later, right? Yeah. Like you don't know, but most people aren't willing to be like, oh, it's worth it. Like it's yeah. worth spending this much time, energy and money doing this for this person, even if nothing happens. Like yeah. for me, it was. And for you, it was. And I think for a, a lot of different people who have used those different strategies, it's been something that they would never ever go back and change. And so I definitely wanted to bring that out before we move on to the rest of the story. But so now you start working side by side with Josh, you start the bigger pockets podcast. Was that like successful right from the get-go because you already had kind of a community built online or did it take a while for it to gain traction? Yeah, a little of both. I mean, like it was successful in terms of we, we definitely had a bigger launch than most people have because of our audience. I mean, we, at the time we had a hundred thousand people on our email list. And so, I mean, it was a large chunk to be able to email out. So I think the first episode ever had 5,000 downloads, something like that, like within the first week or two. So like that was substantial. I remember setting a goal. I said, within 12 months, I want to be one of the top 10 business podcasts within 12 months. And it took like three hours. I mean, like we were definitely, you know, hit up there and we generally, you know, are somewhere in the top rankings because we have a big audience, but at the same time, like there's a lot of shows that have a large audience. And I think the consistency, I mean, we've not missed a show in five years now, not missed a week at every Thursday at midnight, five years straight has come out. And people, I think like that. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. consistency there. I mean, how many people start podcasts, right? And then like three months later, they're bored and they're onto something else. 90%, man. That's the last statistic yeah. I heard. 90% of podcasters don't make it past episode number seven. Is wow. The- yeah. I totally believe it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. What, what's, what's been like the biggest value add to your guys's core business 
branching off from the podcast because podcasting is something that I'm obviously, I really like, I enjoy, I'm pretty passionate about. I try to get almost everybody to start a podcast just because I I see so much value in it. What are a couple of the things that you would say like, hey, if if we didn't do this, if we didn't use this medium and take, take advantage of this like awesome opportunity, then we probably wouldn't have gotten this or this or this. Yeah, good question. So a few things, if I'm following your question right, and tell me if I'm misthinking about this, but so the podcast itself, like, you know, we did the podcast and that well, I mean, I'm, you, I'm sure you'll agree. Like podcasting build relationships at scale, right? That's why I like them. I mean, how many times do people say to you or me or any podcaster, I feel like I know you. And like when I met John Lee Dumas one time, I was like, I feel like I know you. Like, and when I met Pat Flynn, I feel like I know you because I listen to their shows, right? Yep. Uh, there's a show called The Real Estate Radio Guys. I listened to them for a year before I started our podcast. And like, I feel like I know them, right? So because when people know you, when you build trust with somebody, you can then sell things to them. And so we have a pro membership and that really took off because of the podcast. Almost everybody who upgrades to our pro membership on the site, which we have, I mean, tens of thousands now of pros, almost everyone, we survey them, listen to the podcast. It's almost without fail. Do you listen yeah. to the podcast in our survey? Yes. I think it's like literally like 98% yeah. right, that listen to the podcast. When people buy my book, like or any of the books, I think they buy them because they listen to the podcast. So we started doing webinars, which are like live podcasts, right? In a way, like I've done one every single week. I've only missed one week in three and a half years now. And I do one very similar to John Lee Dumas, how he runs his like, but I mean, I do them every single week and I teach a new topic. Every week's a new topic. I cycle through maybe eight to 10 of them and revamp them each time. But that was a result of the podcast. People already know and like me and trust me. And then they come to the webinar and then there I can show them our software. We're essentially a software company, Bigger Pockets. As much as people think of us as an education company, we actually make our money from software. And so that's what the webinar does. We teach the education for free and then sell them on software. And it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about like all the different connections that you've been able to bring in, into like that community, not just the connections that you're making with people that are in your audience, but connections to people that you're bringing onto the show. Like how valuable is the knowledge that you extract from the guests that you have on and how valuable are those connections to some of those key influencers? Yeah, good question. You know, podcasting, it's been fantastic for like, one, I get to talk to these people who are legit real estate investors, most of them, right? I mean, like just doing way more than I ever thought I could do. And you know, the whole, like you are the average of the people you associate with the most like my average climbed by talking with people on the podcast. So for almost for no other reason than that, starting a podcast is fantastic just for talking to people who are where you want to be. And so I've learned a ton. Like for example, there's this thing I teach a lot lately in real estate and we don't have to go real in depth in it, but this idea, I call it the LAPS funnel, L-A-P-S. And it stands for, if you want to succeed in real estate, you got to get leads. You got to analyze them to determine how much it's worth. Then you got to pursue those leads, you know, the ones like at whatever number you think you can buy them for. And then you get success once in a while. So in other words, leads, analyze, pursue, success, lapse, right? And what I realized is after interviewing dozens and then eventually hundreds of people, every single investor on the planet does this. The (laughs) same process, right? You might get one lead, analyze one deal, make one offer, you know, pursue it, make one offer and then get it successfully. Like great, like a newbie can do that. But the guys that are doing 10, 15, 20 deals a month, they're all doing this exact same funnel, but they know it. Like they recognize, they don't call it the lapse funnel. I'm a marketer, so I throw a name behind it right now. It's mine. But this idea that everyone's doing the same funnel. The people who are successful are doing the funnel because they recognize it and they track it. And so it's things like that that I picked up on from these people. And it's been just invaluable to my life. Because once I was able to put words to what they were doing, now my business, my workload dropped, I mean, tenfold. Yeah. Right. And it became very clear and simple. And uh, now I can teach other people kind of the same, that that simple process of what those people were doing. Right. Like you almost become, you become like an investigator, you know, like it's been the coolest journey just because like for me, when I started my show, I wasn't like an avid networker. I hadn't even really been to any business events. Like I didn't know, like I didn't really know how to do it. I just knew that it was a really important thing. And to my surprise, there wasn't really any shows out there that actually like focused 100% of their time energy to talking about it. So when I started the show, it was literally totally selfish. It was just like, I want to learn how to network better. I want to learn how to connect with people better. And then as a byproduct of that, I got to like literally do what I was teaching while I was doing it because I'm learning from people on a... I mean, we're doing... For the first year of the show until like a few weeks ago, we're doing three episodes a week and all of them were interviews. So literally 150 interviews in the first like 12 months of just like talking to people, talking to people, talking to people. How do you network better? How do you network better? And then uh, and then being able to connect with them on a call when most people probably wouldn't... Like when somebody asks you, Brandon, like, hey, can I pick your brain? You're like, hey, my time is stretched. Like I need yeah. to maximize my time. Right. But then if I sit down and I'm like, Hey, Brandon, can you come on a podcast? It's like, 
Well, now I can make time for that because you have a platform and it's not just me and you talking. It's me and you talking with a bunch of other people listening in on the conversation, which helps you be able to promote your brand and push it forward and give me an excuse to talk to somebody that I want to learn from and connect with. Yeah, that's very so. true. In fact, the, one of the books Gary Vaynerchuk wrote, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the recent books that he came out with. In there, when I was reading it, he talked about how he sells his time incredibly cheap when it comes to book promotion. So he says that in there because like, he'll, if I wanted to go and pick Gary Vaynerchuk's brain, right, he's going to charge me $50,000 to do yeah. that for an hour, yeah. right? But when he's got a book coming out, he will do that for a few thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars, you know, like right. free right. to come on a podcast. So like, at, based on that, I was like, oh, that's such good advice, right? So I realized like, I can use that. And so that's how we started getting bigger uh, guests. So like we grabbed Gary Vaynerchuk for the same thing. Like, right. I saw on Twitter when, and this is just a, a tip that I do now, every time on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever, if I hear that somebody has a book coming out, boom, instantly I go over and pitch that person to come on our show. So mm-hmm. using that, we got, you know, I got Ryan Holiday, got Tim Ferriss, got Gary Vaynerchuk, people that I look up to a lot. And like our audience, honestly, those shows aren't even the biggest shows for BP. Like the biggest shows for BP are like the brand new guy who bought 10 deals his first year and is mm-hmm. crushing it. Cause that's relatable. Right, but for right. me, I love talking to Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk and Jay Papazan, the author of The One Thing. Like those guys, yeah. like I love that. And it builds me as a person. And I mean, our audience likes it too, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. having something to offer and, and that's a good way to kind of connect with those people. Yeah, totally, totally. I actually just like, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I was I was in Austin interviewing Jay at the Keller Williams headquarters, and yep. I, I listened to your guys' interview to prep for that. It was fantastic. But yeah, totally. Like you, <laughs> it's you get to help a bunch of other people while you also are being a little bit selfish and just connecting yeah. with people that are intriguing to you and that you want to yep. learn from. But it it also and if you can touch on this for a second too, Brandon, because you've experienced this on an exponential level comparatively to me. It also puts you on a different level in those people's minds. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Can you yeah. kind of expound on that a little bit? Because I think that a lot of people, like if you reach out and you're like, I'm a huge fan and I just want a picture with you at our next event. And like, I, like you're putting yourself in a different category immediately in their mind, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. Can you kind of talk into that? Yeah. I actually make a deliberate point never to ask for a photo with anybody ever. Because as soon as I ask, and I'm not saying you, people listening to this shouldn't ask for photos. Photos are great and they're great for social media and all that. But like, like, for example, I ran into Tim Ferriss once in a hotel lobby. So I'm, to go back to the networking, how like, you meet one person, they connect you with another, another, right? So I became friends with, somehow I became friends with Noah Kagan, who runs like sumo.com and yeah. super, you know, we talk about super connectors sometimes. There's people that just know everybody. Mm-hmm. Noah Kagan is a super connector. He knows everybody in the world, I feel like. So me and Noah became friends. And then we're at a, a bar in a Denver hotel. And he's like, hey, you know, you know Tim, right? And I'm like, Tim, Tim, Fer- yeah, he's right over there. So like he introduced me to Tim. If I would have walked up and be like, oh my gosh, Tim Ferriss, can I get a picture? <laughs> it would have been very different from Noah saying, hey, this is Brandon. He's got that huge podcast. You guys should talk. And so then we talked for a while and ended up him coming on the show after that because I was a, maybe not a peer, but I was a tool sounds bad, right? But I was a, <laughs> something that could provide value to them. Right. Like I was something that they see as, as an equal. And again, that sounds so bad because it sounds like there's a hierarchy, but right. it's just like, yeah, there are, You've got to stand out. And if you bug for pictures and you want to be that guy, that's fine. But you're going to look like that guy. Right. That's you're gonna have yeah, a bunch of pictures and no relationships. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I want the relationships with those people. I want to be able to text yep. them or call them if I need to, because they see me as a or ask for advice or they see me as a peer. Yeah. Uh, they see you as somebody that can actually add value to them, not just yeah. like another person to like take a picture. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah. yeah. I can add value. I like right. that. Right. Right. That's been incredible to me to see in action because I think everybody that is going on this journey, we're kind of diving into podcasting a lot right now, but I think that it's kind of beneficial. I like where the conversation is going. So let's just kind of keep talking about it. I think that it's it's really beneficial for people to think about it in those terms because I think everybody that starts a show has that imposter syndrome when they first get started of like, why would anybody listen to me? There's yeah. zero reason anybody should listen to me. There's podcasts out there like Bigger Pockets, like Tim Ferriss, like Gary Vaynerchuk. Like, why would anybody listen to what I have to say or what I have to put out there? And it's been an incredible journey for me to be able to connect with people that I admire and respect, like Jack Canfield and Grant Cardone and Ed Milet and Jay Papazan and these people that just because I've had some of their friends on my show, they treat me with like this total different level of respect that that you can tell is the only reason they're doing that is because you have some legitimacy and credibility behind the fact that you've had conversations with people that they know, like trust and respect. And that's done wonders for me personally and for the connections and and the networking that I've been able to do. It's so true. And even if you don't have a podcast, I mean, it could be anything like, I mean, like, even if you have a business, a platform, like even if it's not a huge audience, like you have something to bring. Like you're not Bob the super fan. You're Bob the guy that runs this business that maybe could help this person at some point down the road. Like you're a professional. 
you're in the industry. Yeah. Well, cool, Matt. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about real estate before we move into the networking conversation. This is something obviously that I'm a huge proponent of. And if you listen to my show for any period of time, for those of you listening, you know that I'm involved in a few flips and we have some rental properties and stuff like that. And I personally believe that if you want to build wealth long-term, real estate is the most sure vehicle to do it with. So let's just like quick 10 minute conversation here, Brandon, about the basics of real estate investing. What do people need to know that they don't know? Like, What's the number one thing preventing people and how can they overcome that? Yeah, great question. So the first thing with real estate is when people say real estate, it's such a huge term. And so you know, I use this analogy. I, I got a, a book that I just recently wrote and it, I use this analogy in there of the story of the, you probably heard it in another connotation, but the story of three blind guys walking through the jungle and they trip into this big object, right? And the first one says, they can't, you know, can't see, so they're feeling it. First guy says, you know, it feels like a, a long rope. It's a long rope, it's movable, but it's kind of leathery. And the second guy goes, are you crazy? Uh, this is obviously a wall. It's like a brick wall. And the third guy says, you guys are both nuts. This is like a tree trunk. I'm put wrap my arms around it. And they end up you know, arguing about it for 20 minutes until finally the elephant gets up and walks away, right? Yeah. So like the elephant is so big that the blind guys can't, they're all just touching a piece of it, right? Real estate's the same way. There's a, what you call real estate and I call real estate might be completely different. And that overwhelms a lot of people. So when you say, I want to invest in real estate, well, what does that actually mean? And so I'm a big proponent in understanding out of the whole, what real estate actually is and what are you talking about? So you know, there's a hundred, there's probably a thousand different paths you could take to get involved in real estate investing. So you figure out what that is. For most people, when they think of real estate, they're thinking buying rental properties or flipping houses. Those are the two most popular things. But even with that, are we talking single family or multifamily? Are we talking expensive area or cheap area? You can buy in Detroit for, you know, six bucks and a pack of smokes, or you can buy in <laughs> LA, you know, for a million five or whatever, or buy in Hawaii. And every area has got different things at work. And so because of that, Everybody, get, a lot of people, newbies especially, get overwhelmed. I mean, I'm sure people listening to this right now are going, shoot, that's a lot of information. I'm already overwhelmed, right? But the beauty is you don't have to be good at all of it. That's why I love listening to podcasts, especially you know, if you're getting into real estate. Listen to some real estate podcasts. It doesn't have to be ours, just any of them. Because you hear interviews of people and you're like, oh, I like what that guy's doing. Mm. And the, the great thing about real estate, one thing I love about it is that it's very similar to podcasting. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. It's been done. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you want to go, you're like, I got this great idea for a dog nail clipping service, right? There's nobody out there that you can really follow. Like you're just on your own. <laughs> right. Like, but if you're like, I'm gonna go do real estate, okay, I'm gonna do exactly what that guy does. I'm gonna do the numbers the same way he does it. I'm gonna get leads the same way, I'm gonna analyze the same way, I'm going to make the same kind of offers. And at that point, it becomes a whole lot easier. Yeah, totally, totally. So one of the biggest things that I hear probably most frequently is I don't have the money. Can you debunk that objection real quick? Sure. Yeah. If you don't have the money, honestly, you can't invest in real estate. You probably should just sit down on the couch for the rest of your life and just you know, watch TV. <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah, the money thing I built, so I'll first say this. I built my entire portfolio to begin with. Like, I mean, really I've built all of my portfolio using none of my own money. So it can be done. And I'm not that intelligent. I'm not that talented or networked. I'm just, if you want something, you're going to get it. And if not, you don't, right? There's a Jim Rohn quote that says like, if you truly want something, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. Hmm. And so that's the first thing I say is like, understand that it can be done. Secondly, understand that it's like a toolbox. I use this analogy a lot. So if you have a toolbox, my dad got me a toolbox when I was a senior in high school and he gave me one tool with it, a hammer. That's all I owned. So when I moved out on my own after high school, I had a hammer and that was it. So what can I do with the hammer, right? I could put a hole in the wall. I could hit an intruder, <laughs> an intruder in my house. I could pull out a nail. I didn't even have a nail I could nail in, right? All I had was a hammer. So if you only have one tool, you can do very few things. But if, as soon as I collected a screwdriver and some screws and a handsaw, I could build a swing set now, right? And as soon as I added on, you know, a, I could add on a jackhammer and scaffolding and a paint sprayer, I could build a house, right? The more tools you have in your toolbox, the more and bigger projects you can take on. That's how it is for real estate. The more tools you have in your mental toolbox for creatively putting together deals with no money, the better you are. So let me give you a couple of quick examples. If you want to invest in real estate, a really good strategy that new people can do we call house hacking. I mentioned it earlier. You buy like a duplex. You live in one unit, rent the other unit out. And if you do it right, if you buy the, a good deal, you can live for free. Uh, I have friends who live in some of the most expensive areas of the country and they live for free because they own a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. And why, why is that related to no money? Because there are loans that you can get when you're going to live in the property for a year at least, which are almost no money down. Some are no money down. Point being, very, very little money needed for that. And then you just move out. 
and then yep. you can hold on to it. So once you know that tactic, now you can now there's a whole new type of properties that are available for you to go and search. Hmm. There's something called the Burr strategy. There's something called a home equity line of credit. There's part. I mean, partnerships are like the easiest way, right? Let's go to networking there, right? Right. You connect right. with enough people. So I would say this: there's three things needed to put together a real estate deal. You need knowledge. You need hustle or like the work behind it. You need knowledge, you need hustle, and you need money. But you only need two of those. So pick two, right? So if you don't have any knowledge and you don't want to gain knowledge, you're not going to read a book, attend a webinar, sit on a podcast, listen to a podcast, then you better have some hustle behind you and some money. And you'll still probably make mistakes. But Or if, if you don't have any money, get knowledge, get hustle. Because there are a hundred people out there who have... I mean, there are a million people out there, especially in today's economy, who have money. It's sitting there. They're scared the stock market's going to crash, which it probably will at some point. What, they would love somebody to come in with knowledge and hustle. I say this on whenever I do these webinars, about an hour, hour and a half into it. I'm like, there's like you know 900 people here right now. Like You guys have something way more valuable. And I'll say it right now on this thing. The fact that you're listening to this podcast here, you know, whatever, half hour into it, like there, you have something far more valuable than money. You've got grit, which is that knowledge and hustle combined, right? And that is way, worth way more than money. So point being, find a partner who's got money and put together a deal. They bring the money, you bring the hustle knowledge, done. Yeah. So bottom line is this, if you want it bad enough, you can make it happen no yep. matter what. Maybe 20 years ago, this would have been a little bit more difficult, but literally there's so many free resources out there yeah. now, including Brandon and Josh's podcast, Bigger Pockets, and all the communities and resources and templates and calculators and all the different things that they have set up to make it as easy as possible. So if you are sitting there thinking, I really want to do this, then find a way to do it. Don't find all the ways that it can't be done. Yeah. So we got a few minutes here, Brandon, talk a little bit about networking. This is the Bill Network Podcast and where we talk a lot about how to build good relationships in, in life. And I think we've touched on a couple of your main ways to do that in the podcast, which I totally second that. Like if you're listening to this right now and you want to explode your network over the next year, like you can build a network in like over time with some with some energy, some money, some time putting in and investing into it. But if you want to explode your network, I think you should create some sort of a platform because it just gives you the perfect excuse to connect with really whoever you you want to connect with. But yeah, and don't think you have to start a podcast that gets a million downloads. Like, right, like yeah, exactly. this, I mean, I know people who are like, I got a buddy who has a Portland real estate investing podcast. Yeah. Like, I mean, he probably gets like, you know, I don't know how many downloads, but it's probably way less. I mean, like hundreds of times less than what we get. Right. He doesn't need people in North Carolina listening to his show. He does it because he networks with local people in Portland who are going to then work with him in his business. He builds credibility that way. Yeah. So, a small niche audience, there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, that's probably more beneficial to most people to have that. So most people, yep, exactly. I love that you brought that up. I have a buddy that he has a pretty successful podcast called The Solopreneur Hour. His name is Michael O'Neill. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, but he... I know who he is. I've never met him. Okay. Okay. So, but he just started another show called The Beginner Audio File. And he literally just talks about like audio equipment and yeah. how to make stuff sound good and what mics to use and different like super, super, super niche audience. But it's actually making him some pretty decent money at this point because of how niche the audience is. But I would say just pick a topic that you want to learn more about and become an investigator of that topic. And then it'll allow you to get excuses to connect with whoever you want to, especially if it's like a local community thing like yeah. that. If you go to someone like Brandon or John Lee Dumas or you know, Jordan Harbinger, people that are in this world, and ask them to be on your podcast, there's probably going to be some buffers that go up of saying like, well, how long have you been around? How many episodes do you have? How many downloads do you have? I have to be able to guard my time because I get a yep. thousand requests a week, right? But if you go to Joe who owns like, you know, Joe's tire shop around the corner and he's been there for 20 years, he never does podcasts. He'll jump on your show 100% and maybe he's looking to buy a house and you're a real estate agent. You happen to be looking for a client. Like it's just the, the perfect way, but we've talked yeah. about that enough. So let's go into kind of the best practices here, Brandon, because it's crazy to me because I'm in this world and I talk about networking a lot. And so when I still see it exist, like bad, when I still see bad networking exist, when I go to an event and I just see so many people doing it the wrong way, it's just like, man, how are you missing out on this still? Like, yep. it, like there's so many ways to figure out that you're doing this wrong and you're just doing it wrong. So can you talk about a couple of ways to do this right? Sure. So one thing I like to tell people about networking and building connections is if you're young, and, I, and that's a relative term. I mean, you could be 50 and young to a 70-year-old, right? But if you're young, that's one of the greatest assets, even if you're unexperienced. And this is especially true in real estate, but I think it's true to everything in a way, is that people love to invest in younger people. It's like this, like I don't know, like human nature to see somebody up and coming 
and want to help them, but they have to be first helping themselves. It's not like the whole, can I pick your brain for two hours over coffee? And what, you know, it's like, there's this kid, Chris, who is in my local area. And he wants, he does a little bit of video editing. Like he plays with videos. He's pretty good at it. And he wants to get into real estate. He wants to get his real estate license. And so we started talking. We started playing Ultimate Frisbee together. And he just started like providing value to me. Like he came over and like helped me film some videos. And then he would just occasionally ask me questions. And I love pouring into this kid. Like I love being like, you know, he's looking for a deal. I love sitting down and analyzing a deal with him. Like he doesn't need to be weird about it because I love pouring into younger people because it's like, I see myself in them. Right. And like, that's the thing. Older people will see themselves in you if you're putting in the work and hustle and, and you know, you deserve it, right? That sounds horrible. But like, if you've proven yourself as deserving of my time, then I want to mm-hmm. pour into you. And that said, podcasters or influencers, I mean, you don't need Gary Vaynerchuk. You don't need to connect with us to learn. Like when people say they want to connect with me because they want to pick my brain, they shouldn't be picking my brain. They should be picking the guy's brain who's not on a podcast and taking him out to coffee because nobody's ever asking him. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I would encourage people when you're networking is don't just think you have to go talk to the influencers. In fact, I mean, like, I'm not even that good of a real estate investor compared to like some of the people we've interviewed on our show who don't have their own podcast. They're just legit people who own hundreds, even thousands of properties. And they would love to be asked from a young, hungry person, hey, can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. I think there's, there's something to that is, is you got to make it worthy. You got to be worthy first, right? And you do that. Like if somebody comes up to me and they say, Hey, I read all of your books. I attend your pod webinar every week. I upgraded to a pro membership and I'm, I'll drive two hours down if I can have 35 minutes of your time at, at coffee and I'll buy or at a steakhouse, right? Of course, I'm going to help that person. Like, right, that, right. like they've proven themselves worthy or Hey, exactly. I've been analyzing deals every day now for the past six months. I've analyzed over 150 of them. I feel pretty confident in this, but the one I want to make an offer on, can I just have 20 minutes of your time on a Skype call where I can run through my numbers? Sure. But if it's, Hey, this is my first deal ever. Can you walk me through how to do this? No, go read a book first, right? (laughs) Right. I don't know if you can pull anything in there, but like, those are a few things that I find that is good networking practices. No, totally. I 100% second that. And that all those rules definitely apply for the, like if you're reaching out to somebody that has a lot of demands in their time, like yeah. you um, or some of these other people that everybody wants to try to connect with. But I think that you also brought out a fantastic point, which is even if somebody like stop compartmentalizing Stop thinking about this person as more valuable. This person is less valuable. This person over here is different. This person does... like If you're constantly analyzing, you could be losing out on so many awesome relationships because like you're so focused of standing in the line to talk to Grant Cardone. Yeah. When he's not even going to remember your name three seconds after you leave. Yep. You could be standing in line next to a guy that could help you get to the next level in life. But you're so focused on like getting a picture with Grant that you totally neglect the dude standing next to you yeah. that could be like a business partner or that could give you a piece of knowledge. Or maybe it's Grant Cardone's freaking cousin. And he's like going to his house the next day and you could have connected with him and you could have gone over and spent more time with a person. Like you just have no idea. So stop. Like it's crazy, bro. When I'll meet somebody now, right? And uh, we'll we'll just talk about random things. And this happened to me very recently. And very normal conversations, whatever. And then afterwards, they'll go check out like all the stuff that I'm doing and and my podcast and people that I've connected with. And then we hop on a call like a week later, and it's like a totally different conversation. They they treat me totally differently. It's like, wow, that's so crazy. Can we talk about this? What about this other thing? And like, it's just like, man, it. If you just would have taken advantage of the connection the first time, we probably would have built a better relationship to where now I feel like I really want to help you out with those things. At this point, like you were kind of acting like you didn't have time for me and that you were really busy, which is fine. I'm not like worried about that, but you got to treat people like people and build real genuine relationships with people and realize at the end of the day that that's all it's about. It's not about networking to get the next dollar in your pocket. It's about building genuine relationships. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I really like that that what you were saying about like, yeah, Grant Cardone's not gonna remember your name three seconds after meeting you. But you know, people I don't know, yeah, they get so worked up about that picture because it makes them feel good, right? It makes you feel like you met a celebrity, you got a picture and you because it gets likes them. on social media. And it gets yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. But it, it but that's not networking, that's photo taking. That's like that's right. ego, right? That's that's making yourself feel really good for a minute, but not long term. So that that's huge there. One more thing I noticed a lot too, where I guess people trying to network, people trying to connect with other people, right? They tend to ask that question, right? The, what can I do to provide value in your life? I hate that question. I was going to ask you that, bro. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what's like the number one thing that you hate the most? Yeah, I don't like when they ask me, answer, yeah. what, yeah, what, I mean, I love the idea of providing value. I don't like when people say, I want to provide value. What can I do for you? Because then I have to start thinking, 
and working at it and be like, oh, I don't know, man, I guess I could do this. And what are your skills yeah. like? You just <laughs> take in all of the, that your goodwill and put it on, you know, I put all this work on me and now I'm stressed out trying to think, well, I don't know what do I need. It's the it's most the, ironic yeah. statement. It is, right? Yeah. yeah. How can I provide value? Yeah. You just didn't do it. Like, yeah. like I would <laughs> rather have... that question, yeah, number one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Instead, provide value. Like I said, that kid, Chris, right? He was just like playing ultimate Frisbee with me, like connecting. And he's like, Hey, you know, I've been watching your videos on bigger pockets. Do you want, can I come over and help you film them? I mean, that was like, I was like, that's a great idea. I do not have to set up my teleprompter and my light. You'll just do that for me and hit the record button. That sounds yeah. like a great idea. Perfect. So like, yeah, looking at what people might need and then finding ways to provide that is fantastic. Instead of asking, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> yeah, I love that question, man. How can I add value to you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Know. Like, yeah. well, you got to give me some background on what you do. Are you even yep. good? Like, yep. like, I know that you do video, but like, what if you suck? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, what if exactly, I can do it better yeah. than you? Like, then no, you can't help me with the video. Like, yeah, so yeah. totally, totally agree with you on that. On that note, one more thing I'll add there too. There's yeah. some people who will try to provide value, for example, and I don't want to talk bad about these people. I love these people because they send me stuff, but I'll get random gifts <laughs> in the mail. Like somebody hands you a picture of me and my family. Very, very thoughtful and very cool, right? Somebody else sent me like a, a pack of knives one time. And that's kind of weird actually, but like, it's, it's cool that people <laughs> tell me. However, I could not tell you a single person's name that sent me anything free like that. I have no idea. It's almost like people are like, I'm going to provide, I'm going to give them something really cool. And again, I'm send me free stuff all the time. I'd love it. Yeah. I, that's not really networking either because I don't remember who you are. Yeah. Like, I, there's yeah. so many like just random things. So I would also caution against just providing value without like providing something to a person establishing some sort of yeah. a connection outside of that yeah yeah you right. need that connection right. outside of it one yes, thing sir. that we do one thing we do at bigger pockets that we implemented a few years ago we noticed that people were getting together they were in the forums and they're like hey who wants to get together in you know dallas or houston or whatever mm-hmm. and so we actually built a system that allows people to do that and now like there's probably a hundred of them going on in every given month just people meeting wow. together for drinks and coffee or whatever. And there's no like, we don't, people don't charge for it. It's just getting together. If you can find those kind of things in whatever industry you're in and meetup.com is a great website for that. Just go there and just hang out with people. Like don't have an agenda. Just go there and meet people, talk with them and see what happens that way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have an agenda. That's the biggest statement right there. Too many people have the agenda, man. They got the 500 business cards in their pocket, hot off the press because they ran out of them at the last event and they're ready to like throw them all on your face. I I legitimately do not have business cards because it makes it, it's it's like cheap. I mean, like I should, I had some somewhere in a box, but like, it's like, fake networking almost like just exactly. your business card it's old you school want. networking it's yeah old school. like it's an old I, school idea yep i've never once taken a business card home from a conference ever like i've never con went to a conference and got home and been like oh yeah this is that card from john i gotta make sure i call him or this is sally i gotta make sure i call her like right they go straight that. to the trash yeah, exactly <laughs> i just dump almost every time right in the trash if I want the contact, I take a picture of it and then I throw it yep. in the trash. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so like literally just like connect with me on Facebook and then we can actually connect and get to know each other or yeah. like shoot me a text, but like I'm not going to yep. use business card, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, that said, one of my buddies had a good idea with the business card thing is he would, he had, it was a business card on the back. It was just, he had it written on there. Like, where did you meet me? And then a bunch of lines. And so the idea being you give the card to somebody and then they can go and take notes like about, oh yeah, this was, you know, this guy, Bob, who did this and that. That was an interesting idea, but yeah. I've never written on a business card, I don't think. So even though maybe I should, I don't. Yeah. Well, again, that would mean that I have to keep them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like all these cards. Yeah. I used to because yeah. I felt bad. I was just like, man, I feel bad that you bought this card and you gave it to me. But like, so I just get these like stacks of cards from events like on my dresser. And then like after six months, I was like, yeah, these have to go in the trash. And then from yeah. that point on, I was just like, as soon as I got home from the event, now they just go from my back pocket into the trash can. Yeah, so, true. Anyway, man, I know you got to get going here. So let's go ahead and move on to something I like to call the random round. Just a few really right. quick random questions, just quick random answers. You ready? I'm ready. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Mm. I think it would be fun to be an actor. I've thought about doing that. Like, you know, back in the day, I wanted, yeah, being an actor would be cool for a while. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I think I would go with somebody like Billy Graham, who was like the, you know, ancient Southern American, like, I don't know, you call him evangelist, I guess. And the reason I say that is because, like, that guy, like, like, even besides like the spiritual side of things, like, he built an audience of tens of millions of people that, like, adored him and he kept a great reputation for like 70 years i mean he built a legacy right i think talking to people like that regardless of the industry would be fascinating like how did you do that master persuaders yeah yeah yeah, exactly like how did you get 
millions, if not billions of people to know who you are right. and to like, listen to everything you say. Like, how do you get there? That would be cool. Yeah. How do you like to consume content best? Books, blogs, audiobooks, podcasts, or videos? Audiobooks, generally. What's like, like a really good audiobook you've listened to recently that you'd recommend? Ooh, man. I'm in the middle of one, like a, a fiction one right now, Foundation, uh, Isaac Asimov. But let me pull up my Audible and I'll tell you the last couple that I've been listening to. So anything by Daniel Pink has been fantastic. Uh, Drive by Daniel Pink is one of my favorite books. I absolutely love that one. Let's see. The Magic of Thinking Big was really good. I read that one recently. I just re-listened to the 4-Hour Work Week. That was fantastic. The Alchemist was pretty good. Anything by Cal Newport, Deep Work, or So Good They Can't Ignore You. Those were both awesome. Really, really good. The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Oh, so good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Yeah. So right now I wake up early because I'm here in Hawaii right now. And so I wake up usually about five, which is like eight Pacific times. That's where three hours off. So I wake up, I go sit in the dark and I watch the sun kind of come. I don't watch the sun rise because I'm on the West side, but I watch the light hit everything. And I drink coffee and I usually listen to music for about 10 minutes. I got a little hammock swing right now. Like check this thing out right there. See hammock swing. So I sit in my hammock. Yeah. I sit in my (laughs) hammock and I listen to music and then I usually start working. I try not to check my email for at least an hour, but I usually Mm -hmm. fail at that. What is your go-to pump-up song? Anything by Mayday Parade. They were like a pop-punk band from the early 2000s or mid-2000 decade. And anything they do, I'll just listen to Pump Me Up every time. What are you not very good at? Oh, I'm not very good. I am an introvert despite being on podcasts. So I'm not good in groups, like in large groups. I'm not good at conferences. I suck at it. I typically will just find a corner or a big meetup. I'll find a corner and I'll just stand there and people can come over and talk to me. I do not <laughs> walk into a conversation ever. Like not much more freaks me out than seeing a group of people and thinking I got to go interject myself into that conversation somehow. Yeah, be, be, a, be a circle breaker. And yeah, like, I can't do it. I can't be a circle yeah, breaker. Shimmy yeah. into the, yeah. Hey, what's up yeah. guys? Randomly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm so <laughs> bad at that. Yeah, Horrible. Uh, cool. As we get everything wrapped up here, man, tell us quickly where we can find your book and then how we can connect with you the best. Sure. So I've written now a total of four books. The fourth one's coming out called How to Invest in Real Estate. comes out here in, in October. So I'm not sure when this episode goes live, but it comes out October, I think, 18th. It'll be at Barnes & Noble. It's on Amazon. But then all of our books, if you want to find everything that I've written or elsewise, you can go to biggerpockets.com slash store. And I'm probably most active over on Instagram. I, I'm like a 13-year-old girl when it comes to Instagram. So you can find me <laughs> at Beardy Brandon. So it's like beard with a Y, at Beardy Brandon. At Beardy Brandon on Instagram, go connect with him over there and then pick up a copy of his book, especially if you're looking to get into the real estate investing thing, his new book is going to be a fantastic way for you to kind of get your foot in the door and uh, start into this awesome, awesome industry. Brandon, thank you so much for jumping on the show today, brother. I had a fantastic time chatting with you. Thank you. Likewise. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You hear my guests and I talk a lot about masterminds on the show because they're literally what I attribute most of the new quality relationships in my life to. If this is something that you are interested in at all, then hit me up and let's chat to see if you'd be a good fit for my mastermind, Build Your Network Dynasty. Just head over to buildyournetwork.co slash dynasty to fill out an application and we'll talk soon. Have a fantastic rest of your day and remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.